Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Hello, thinkers. This is your boy, Dalton. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hapius CBD. Hapius. Um, they are a CBD company that offers premium CBD products for 50 to 60% less than the big guys. I'm talking 50 to 60% less than CBDMD, Purkana, um, Charlotte's Web. They're amazing. I use one of their tinctures every day. They have a sleep aid that'll put you right out. They have a freeze roll on that'll do wonders to your joints and muscles. And then they have a daily tincture that'll help with your uh, daily wellness. So please check them out. In today's episode of the podcast, I got to sit down with Justin Combs, the owner of Adagio Water Features. And it was an amazing episode. Really had a fun time uh, chatting with Justin and listening to his journey about uh, how they started and where they're at now. And I think you guys will enjoy it as well. Well, thanks for being here with me. Yeah. I know it's, I know it's kind of crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> Technologies uh, stink, man, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I got your contact info from Rich, who I interviewed before. And um, he said, you, you know, you own Adagio Water Features. I've done a little bit of research on that. But tell me, like, what you do. Like, tell me what it is. Uh, yeah. So Adagio Water Features is a manufacturer. We manufacture decorative waterfalls. Um, so we, we, um, um, we sell to homes, offices, uh, you name it. We sell, you know, anybody will take it. But, we, yeah, we sell <laughs> Decorative waterfalls, but we're kind of limited on the style that we do. We've kind yeah. of defined exactly what we do. We do kind of what we call a water wall style or a panel style waterfall. So, yeah. um, uh, and we sell them as kits, like ready to be installed wherever they're going to be. So they're not like a build-in. It's uh, it's more like a um, uh, like a kit ready to go. Most contractors, anybody can uh, can install them. Yeah, that's sweet. So I yeah, because I've seen like your Instagram page. I followed that uh, since I heard about it. And then I've seen um, a couple of them. I don't know if they were from you, but I've seen them like in homes and stuff. So how do you like go about, like how does someone like install that? Do you have to have like a, have to be close to a water supply or is it, it's its own? Yeah. So it's self-contained. Um, it's, okay. it's uh, water, like a, like an autofill system is an option. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, but most of what we do, 99% of the, the units that we sell Self-contained, you just manually manually fill them up. Oh wow! Uh, you know, we recommend like a distilled water, um, yeah, or you can sure. use tap water. You just have to clean them more often. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty easy. They're, we kind of designed them to really go uh, like just about anywhere. I mean, yeah. you know, um, you know, without planning, you know, the construction or anything around. Yeah. Uh, the water feature. You can do remodels. You can do afterthoughts. So yeah, they're just designed. The, the wall-mounted ones are designed to be hung on any 16 inch on center like wall, you know, standard mm -hmm. wall and the, uh, the freestanding ones, of course they can go anywhere. They're just yeah. sitting on the floor. Yeah. That's sweet. So how'd you come up with that idea? I did not actually. Oh, uh, right. so it's, it's, uh, 
you know, I always joke, I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, it's been my lifelong dream to be a waterfall guy. <laughs> right? um, so the, the guy that actually uh, came up with the first kind of design, the style, uh, a guy by the name of Jeff, he, um, my timing might be a little off, but like in the late 80s, uh, okay. he was actually uh, going to school up in Ogden. And as I understand it, he kind of put the first waterfall together as his high school shop uh, metal shop project and uh, kind of a, kind of an interesting, you know, metal shop yeah, project. Got the idea. Up, yeah. Just to come up with that right out, right out. Yeah. Of it's, weird. it's weird. In fact, I've got, <laughs> uh, I've got a picture of that first one uh, that he built uh, in another part of the office over here. But um, yeah. And he kind of he garnered some interest. There was like a couple uh, newspaper articles written about it and uh, you know, and as I understand it, he kind of ran, he sold a few of them here and there, more from kind of an artist standpoint, out of his garage, that kind of right. thing. Um, came up with a couple designs. Anyway, he was looking for some venture capital uh, in like the late 90s. So, you know, 10, 11 years later. Um, and at the time, my, uh, my uncle, uh, Alan Combs, and his business partner, uh, Dan Jones, um, were, uh, were doing a little bit of venture capital. And they, um, uh, they met up, and at the time, uh, back then, my, my uncle owned a part of a small fabrication, kind of a job shop facility. Right. And so they thought it might be a good mix. So um, they worked out, they reorganized, they kind of formed an entity uh, whose name was Adagio Collection, and uh, they went into business. And so this would have been like, this would have been like early 2000, like August of 2000. I think they, they, they kind of did a pseudo organization in the early yeah. months of the year 2000. And I think our official organization date was like somewhere in August of 2001. And uh, so August of 2001, they made it official. They invested some money. And uh, as you can imagine, what happened shortly after August of 2001 uh, was 9-11. So yeah. um, it just as they were beginning to, um, to, to market and get going, you know, the world just changed. And uh, yeah. so they, they stumbled a little bit. Uh, they ended up splitting ways with Jeff. Um, it just wasn't a conducive partnership. Uh, and so Jeff kind of went off and did his own thing. And, um, and Dan and Alan were trying to decide what to do with this idea. It was an idea. They had a little bit of inventory. They didn't really yeah. make anything. They just, they had, uh, they had job shops kind of all over this area that they made components and they kind of put it together and they'd ship wow. it. You know, they're selling, you know, two or, or three water features a month, maybe something like that. Sure. So kind of and small at first. Very small. Yeah. I mean, just, just sporadic. They put a bunch of money into it. And uh, so anyway, at the time I was going to BYU and I was going to business school there and I had, so this would have been uh, by now we're like in the summer of 2003. So it's, it had largely sat idle. The, the, the concept had largely sat idle for about a year. We just didn't do much with it. They're trying to decide what to do, uh, trying to grow it, but they didn't want to put a bunch of money into it because it was just kind of a, you know, they, they had other businesses they were yeah. running. Other right. things was the priority. Um, so anyway, I finished an internship uh, in Salt Lake City with a commercial real estate developer who, that's kind of the direction I was wanting to go into. Right. And um, I had six months until I graduated. I was just looking for something to do. And my uncle said, hey, you want to sell waterfalls? 
was like, right on. no, I, I don't want the slow waterfall. <laughs> tell, me, tell me a little bit more about it. And, yeah. um, and so anyway, I kind of went to work with them. Uh, I wasn't really paid. I just kind of was like earn a commission if I could sell some. I didn't sell very many because yeah. it was really hard. Like we didn't really have a, a system of manufacturing. We didn't really have anything. We had a concept. We had a few samples. We had a couple customers. Yeah. And, uh, but it was just really hard to, to kind of go out and pitch this idea um, when it was just that, just an idea. I didn't really have much to go on. No photos, no videos. <laughs> that'd be just, really, that'd be really hard to sell. Yeah. Like from a sales point of view, that dang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was tricky. I mean, it was, a, it was just, it was just a new bit. I mean, essentially it was a, it was a new business. They had, mm. they had one or two product designs and they had, um, they had like a, a little bit of inventory, but most of the inventory they had was obsolete. It was, it was unusable. Yeah. Wow. So like the end of 2003, you know, I was there just a couple months. I learned about the products as best I can. I, I was working closely with the different job shops that were manufacturing the different components yeah. and, you know, trying to figure out how we can make this work. Um, and I was going to go off and do my own thing. Like I graduated, I was supposed to graduate in December of 2003 and, mm -hmm. uh, and I was just going to go do my own thing. And they, uh, they approached me and said, Hey, you're the only person that really knows anything about this. Um, if you don't do something with it, no one will. And so we kind of struck a management deal, some equity, you know, some goals. Yeah. And, and they said, uh, you know, Hey, you know, here's, they set a very minimal budget. This is, this is what we can do. And, uh, so on January 1st of 2004, it was mine. They said, you're the guy, do it. You succeed. Great. If you fail too bad. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, that's what we did. I mean, so we uh, put together like a super basic marketing plan that basically consisted of getting pictures <laughs> yeah, right. and maybe going to a couple of trade shows. And so we started, started growing the business and uh, early on we saw a lot of really good success. That's really cool because I think that when a lot of people hear like when you start a business like that, like, um, or when, or when you inherit a business like that, right? Like your uncle started or something like that. They think it's just, you know, you just fly through it, right? And so it's kind of fun to hear that, like, you kind of you kind of got to hand it to you just with, like, almost nothing, right? Yeah. No marketing yeah. plan, no nothing. So, nothing. Then, so then you got into manufacturing the actual features, though, right? That was probably a big game changer. Huge game changer. We actually didn't do that until, um, until the Great Recession of, like, 2007, 2008. So oh, wow. Initially, for the first, yeah, for the first really three or four years, we were just uh, essentially an added value, you know, company. We, right. we, we designed and then we would outsource all manufacturing to job shops around the valley. Wow. And so, like anybody who would take them? Like, yeah, yeah. We, we, we had plastic design. fabrication. We had metal fabrication. We had stone fabrication. We had wow. more metal fabrication. Wow. We had crating. We had all these. And we would just come together in this little shop, assemble it all together, put it together, package it, and ship it. Wow. And so – yeah, I mean, we were, we were, we didn't manufacture, we didn't have any equipment other than just basic packaging equipment. Right. And, uh, and when the, when 2007 came and 2008, I mean, our world changed, everybody's world changed. We, we learned a couple of things yeah. back then that have really helped us. We had discovered that we had discovered some very <laughs> unique things about our industry that we thought were well known that were not well. Oh, Wow. 
Um, and we had competitors. I mean, we're, there was probably in, in the U.S. there was probably at that time maybe five or six competitors that were kind of in the space. Yeah. Some of them had little unique product designs, but largely we were competing for the same market share. And, uh, and so we discovered that, that we had some unique competitive advantages over our competitors right. uh, that we honestly was mostly accidental. You know, it was just like, <laughs> that's awesome. when you're lucky, you're lucky, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's stupid, right. but it's that's those little help. tiny things mm-hmm. that uh, so often make some big differences. But, um, and then we discovered also that a, and this probably, we should have known this, but we didn't, yeah. Um, yeah. that uh, a big portion of our customers, and by big, I mean maybe 50 to 60% at the time of our customers um, are not affected by economic downturn. And so, right. you know, because we're selling a high-end a high end product to a high-end Yeah, end sure. Product. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, if you're going to spend $12,000 for a waterfall for your entryway, you're probably not living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, it's not like an entry level <laughs> requirement. So although our sales did drop um, in mm-hmm. the kind of during the recession, they didn't like put us out of business. So we were actually in an okay position. And That's so what we started doing is we started buying up our suppliers. And, wow. um, and so we bought a couple of companies. We bought some additional equipment. And so we went in, the, in this time span of about a year we went from zero vertical integration to almost complete vertical integration. And we went from making nothing to raw materials in one side, finished product out the other side. And that was a huge learning curve. I mean, it was, none of us were manufacturers. We were market guys, we were business guys, and we, but, you know, we just kind of figured it out. You know, and we we knew the basics, but we had to figure it out. That's amazing. That's amazing because yeah, it's kind of like that whole concept like that I'm sure you like you learned starting this business and that you learned starting uh, you probably learned in school where it's like you know you got to commit first and then kind of like figure it out as you go, right? Because and and you did this all during the recession. Yeah, it was largely during the recession. It was um yeah, we we had were, I mean by nature we're very conservative guys. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. and yeah. you know we were very aggressive on paying off debt and we going into it we had no debt yeah. um, and so and we actually had some cash reserves and we, we were in a very financially stable position and uh, and so we had the opportunity when other companies weren't that way to go in and get just deals I mean say we saved hundreds of thousands of dollars on equipment and 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 just all of this stuff because we had really played our cards close to the chest. We'd been super conservative. Yeah. And, um, and so we went into these companies that were, well, I mean, we were buying equipment from banks. We were buying equipment from defunct companies. We were buying mm-hmm. equipment from companies going out of business. Not that I'm happy that they had failed, but, but that is what it is almost right. Right. That we, yeah. but, but we were in a position to do that because of, you know, during our years of plenty and, and we had grown really fast and we had yeah. done really, really well. It would have been super easy to just drain cash out of the business, but we didn't do that. And, That's um, wild. Then it, it put us in a good position. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that though. Like even, um, you know, some really big companies, really successful small businesses, medium sized businesses, they really capitalized on that recession. They really propelled them. You know, why do you think you went, uh, why do you think you went that route playing your cards close to the chest? And besides like, I mean, it's good financial 
practice, right? But most businesses, I mean, that's how you leverage revenue, right? Is through a little bit of debt, right? Right. Or a lot of debt. Yeah, and we and we we did. I mean, we had an operating line, but we never extended the operating line, and so we did right. leverage, but very conservatively. Okay. Um, we we uh, I think it's just our nature. I, I think yeah. um, Dan and Alan, who uh, of course were the kind of the original guys that got it going, yeah. um, their their nature is a, a fairly conservative financial practice. You know, they, right. they, they you know it's just it's just rather than flash and glam and and, and you know. You know, cash out. It's, it's more of a longest, you know, long-term play. Yeah, and um, and that's kind of who trained me and formed a lot of my financial opinions was these guys that that, that lived this way. And yeah. so, um, and so that, you know, it wasn't like we had some big plan. Actually, I mean, the, the whole plan was always to get Adagio to a financially stable place and then sell. Like we wanted to get out. I wanted to go do something else. They yeah. had other things they wanted to do. Let's, let's build it, you know, we're financially stable, sell it, get a payday and bounce. And then, yeah. Um, and then, it, you know, and then of course it's changed a thousand times since that goal was set, you know, yeah. but um, uh, that was the original goal. Uh, and, uh, and really it was the, the, the recession that kind of put a hold to that is yeah. it, we said, okay, let's, let's play a longer term play here. Let's invest in some machinery. Let's make it more profitable. Let's do things. Let's run a real business, not just a kind of a side hustle business. (laughs) Uh, Right. Yeah. The difference between outsourcing and doing it in-house is pretty huge. Like, and I was looking at some of your, I was looking at some of your, you know, posts on Instagram and stuff like that from your, and some of like your stuff from your website. And it looks like um, you do all the welding and all the machine, you know, all the yeah. everything, which everything. I is nuts because a lot of people don't realize that too. If, you know, if I can pay someone else to do it for cheap, that means it's profitable. And that's not always the case, right? Especially yeah. with uh, manufacturing. That's a huge deal. That's a way huge deal. Well, it is. I mean, the, but not just, not just from a profit standpoint. But from a an inventory and a cash management standpoint, wow! You know, if I'm buying, let's take an extreme, which our biggest competitor is was this way, is they would manufacture in China and bring over containers of finished product and then sell it. And on the surface, you might say, okay, that's that's a good idea, cheaper manufacturing and stuff like that. But what they what they lacked was the ability to manage inventory and and manage. Uh, SKUs and manage cash. I mean, you're yeah. going to spend you know, $100,000 on a container, get it here, yeah. and then that, that <laughs> money is bound on, in yeah. your, on shelves for months until it yeah. sells. And um, one of the competitive advantages that we discovered that we had by accident is, is this idea of we can really just, we can offer more variety, we can offer more options because we don't have to buy them in quantities of 50 or 100 from a supplier. We can yeah. make them quantities of one, five, or 10, depending on our volume, yeah. and to respond appropriately to the market. And so we were able to, uh, we found ourselves in a much better inventory position where a lot of our competitors were out of stock or they, you know, they, couldn't, they couldn't handle the ship times or things like that. Yeah. We were able to answer all of those calls and, and provide product to, to our customers who then sold it to the end user yeah. and 
And so years and years and years of doing this, you get a reputation that if you if you want to be serious in the industry, go with Adagio because they're actually going to be able to supply it. Don't go to XYZ because there's always these supply issues. There's always all these problems yeah. that we can take on demand. I mean, we, we timed, uh, we got to the point a few years ago where we said, okay, let's say we have nothing in stock, nothing in stock except for raw materials. Let's make a waterfall. Just somebody ordered a waterfall, we're going to make it. And we went from raw materials to finished, completed, shipped waterfall in 45 minutes. Wow. And now, that's not efficient. I don't want to run my business that way. Sure, right? sure. It's terrible. It's a terrible way of doing it. But we could do it. <laughs> like, we could do it. And, yeah, that's uh, powerful and, though, right? Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And, and if you're ordering from China, you get the, you get the order and, and you say, okay, you got to be here in, in 12 weeks or 16 weeks. Yeah, so well, that it was huge. And even yeah. if, you're, if you're outsourcing to other, other suppliers, you know, they're going to have a on everybody else. Yeah. yeah, you got, you, you know, it's not a priority. Your well, stuff is and a priority. I, yeah. And I like what you said there. What, one thing about the example of getting something from China, because we were starting a business and that was one of our things was like, oh man, you know, we'll hop on Alibaba.com and we'll buy 400 products of this and it'll be cheap and we'll ship it here and whatever. But it's so funny that people get that idea like that outsourcing to China is somehow cheaper because we actually found what you, what you said. We found a manufacturer actually right here in Utah of something that we wanted to sell. Um, we, we weren't able to manufacture it ourselves because of the nature of the product, but um, it was actually cheaper to buy it from a, U, from a U.S.-based company than it was to go to China and buy something. Yeah. You know, and, and, we, and, and then you have all the disadvantages of having right. to bring in huge quantities yeah. that you may not want. You know, if you, I don't know what you're making, but if you want, if you want 100 blue and 100 red and 100 green, yeah. you order them. But let's say you sell 500 red. You're yeah. screwed. You got all these blue that nobody wants, and you got right. all the green that nobody wants. You wish you had another 400 red, and you don't have them. So eight yeah. weeks later, you get the red, you know? Yeah. No. And we looked at that, you know? Oh, that yeah. was the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just, I think it's so amazing. Like people are like, oh, you know, if it comes from, you know, cheaper if you go to China, but actually it's cheaper if you stay in the U.S. Often is. Often is. Yeah. Way cheaper. And I think that, man, I think that's great. Plus you get to like do all, you know, stabilize the whole economy for that. So I want to go backtrack real quick because I think this is pretty fun. Okay. Um, you've, you've sold, you said you sold some pretty high ticket waterfalls to some big places. Like what, what was like the craziest waterfall you had to come up with and sell and, and deliver or was it anybody, anybody cool or anything like that? Um, we sold a ton of waterfalls. So, so let's back up about 10 years, well, about eight years ago, we stopped doing installations. Okay. And so, so before that we were always scattering all over the U S and, sure. and we'd have offers to go. We, one of the craziest ones was we had an offer to go to Saudi Arabia to, uh, to fit. It was actually fixing a waterfall that another person made. Oh, wow. And they found this at a trade show and they said, Hey, we've got this. We looked at it. We looked at the specs. We said, okay, we know what's wrong. We can fix it. They're going to pay us an, just an enormous amount of money. And they said, they said, and we will pick you up at the airport with armed security and escort you <laughs> to, the, to the house or the compound or whatever. And you cannot leave that compound. Like you right. have to stay there until the job is done. Then yeah. we will armed security, escort you back to the, the airport and you leave. And, and we were totally excited. We would have done it in Harvard. We figured it all out. We'd have yeah. made a few here and bring some components. 
and it ended up not working out. But that, that was a funny, that was a funny one. But that's um, sweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we've made waterfalls and shipped waterfalls to NBA stars, NFL stars. We've, uh, we've done a lot of high end. We've done Hollywood. I, I don't keep a list of them cause I don't really care. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. um, we, we do have some funny stories we've done. Um, we've had, uh, uh, you know, we've had some pretty exciting challenges, you know, okay. as boring as the waterfall manufacturing industry is, you know, there's things that challenge you, you know, and you, you kind of step beyond your, your norm or your, your, uh, you know, what you're used to. And those are fun. Because yeah. you have to design it, you have to build it. it doesn't work, you do it again, and, and then right. get it going. But yeah, there's there's one um, there's one project that we did. This was years ago, probably uh, maybe ten or twelve years ago, and um, it was it was installed in a law office in uh, California, and they had already built the office. It was an afterthought, and they wanted us to come in and install a, a big. It was like 14, 15 feet wide by. Uh, yeah. 10 or 11 feet tall, big glass panel with, with, uh, some fish on it and stuff. And, um, but the challenging thing was plumbing it. They, there was no plumbing anywhere. They wanted autofill. They wanted a drain. So we had to come up with a system that would, that would work. And in, in the waterfall industry, anytime you have plumbing, yeah. we, we always assume that it is going to break <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, yeah. if it breaks, it's, it's going to ruin stuff, overflow and flood the, you know, yeah. you know, it's, it can be nasty. And so yeah. we, 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 uh, we built it so that, so that it would work and it would function based on the plumbing that we get there. But we assumed, we always assumed it's going to work. So we had a, the, the fun part was building uh, a system to protect the building in the event that it does fail so that we have, we have some systems, we had alarms and we had, we had all of these warning systems to tell people to shut it down if if it fails, and yeah. so we had water sensors, we had we had sump pumps, we had um, all, all of this this complex. It was fun. It was fun, and we went and saw that was back when we were installing, and so we flew out yeah. there and we had to we had to make the special uh, cart because the panels the panels were such a they they wouldn't fit through any of the doors of the building unless we <laughs> did a diagonal and we went oh to oh you know open the both doors corner yeah. to corner and. And fit it exactly through. We had a we had a measure. We had to cut it to that size, and so we had to build a special cart that we could carry these. You know, these were probably five six hundred pound panels yeah. into the building, kind of at a diagonal, and wheel them in and install it. That's funky. <laughs> you know, for for waterfall guys, that's like the pinnacle right there. Yeah, the, that's the best part. But you but you've done some but you've done some really cool stuff like that I've seen on there uh, with like waterfalls and with. Uh, like installing them and stuff like that. So how, how do you manage like the day-to-day stuff with manufacturing and all that, all that jazz going on? You know, now that we, now that we're really not on site yeah. everything that we do, and, and this is possible because of digital. I mean, yeah. everything that we can do, they can send us digital images. They can send wow. us renderings. They can send us drawings. We can incorporate it, send it back, get their approval, build it, ship it to them with very detailed instructions. We do most of the assembly here. And so, and so yeah. now that we're not doing the, assemb- the, the installation side, yeah. you know, we can focus on what we're good at, which is manufacturing. And, wow. and, and so we have built, uh, we've built, we built the reporting systems. We've built tracking systems yeah. that, that, that as a manager helped me to see what we are doing by the numbers, right? It's not, it's, sure. it's all about the numbers. And so I can see sure. you know, sales coming into the system, shipments going out, 
where we're at with these shipments, who's, who's had them, you know, whose yeah. desk are they on? Why aren't they moving forward? And, um, and, and we can, uh, and we can kind of track everything, um, uh, through the system. And so, you know, whereas 10, 12 years ago, it was just paper. We would literally yeah. write it down, not- <laughs> hand it to somebody, you know, meanwhile it gets lost or water spilled yeah. on it. Now what is it? We can't remember. And uh, yeah. so now it's all, it's all digital. And yeah. it, it makes managing uh, managing production much easier. I've got a production manager, sure, overseas the production side. I've got a sales manager, kind of oversees the sales in the office, and and I coordinate with those two people to uh, uh, to make sure that that everything's happening between the two of them. Yeah, and um, and so it it it's a little challenging. I mean, we've got you know we're not huge. We probably have 13, 14 employees, something like that. Yeah, and. Um, uh, but coordinating the efforts of all of these employees to make sure that stuff happens in a timely manner—that's the challenge. But, but yeah. we're able to do oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah, no, that always is a that is always a big challenge, no matter what you're doing, right? Trying to like keep that up. Have you ever? Have you ever? You were talking about like getting drawings and stuff like that. Have you ever thought about like getting into like the augmented reality stage of things, like being able to being able to give someone of an app or a phone or something and like pointed at the wall and like, this is what your waterfall would look like if it was right here and what you look like. Yeah, we've, we've actually looked at, uh, there's, there's a, there's a ton of comps. So, so we sell and we market primarily in the furniture and accessories industry. Right. So we are on a wholesale basis. We are selling to designers, architects, furniture stores. Oh, okay. So the trade shows that we attend are typically furniture based. Okay. And in that realm, in the furniture industry, there are a bunch of companies that do that exact thing, oh, that wow. have a digital, uh, you know, a digital rendering of a product. You, you know, we've seen everything where you, you put this yellow sticker on the wall and, and it will place the product there. Or you can yeah. There's all different types. And we've, right. we've played with them. We've experimented. With them. We've done some test marketing with them. Uh-huh. And it uh, it was it was a, it was something that never made sense for us. Uh, right, well, because about, you're, yeah, you're wholesaling, right? Largely wholesaling. Certainly, certainly, a few years ago, we were largely wholesaling. Now we yeah. have a portion of our business that sells direct to consumer. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah, from a wholesale from a wholesale standpoint, yeah. you know, maybe if we came up with an app at some time in the future, like a selling tool to try to get people to visualize it, uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, uh, but up until now we, we've experimented it, but we've never pulled the trigger. Yeah. Well, I just think that that would, like, for me, when I hear like that kind of, um, you know, stuff like in the house or, or stuff like that, I know augmented reality is like a really big deal. Like you can do it with like clothes now and you can do it with furniture, you know, but, but you sell mainly to like the, like the Ashley's or RC Willie's or something like that. Or yeah. RC Willie's a customer, um, have been for years. Um, but yeah, so, so when we go to the trade shows, that's who we're marketing to. A yeah. big part of our business is designers. You know, that's if you cool. hire a designer to come and design your office, your home, yeah. you know, they need to they need to have a an inventory, a repertoire of, of resources that they can put places. You know, yeah, couch God. guys, they've got plant guys, they've got picture <laughs> art guys, and and so we want to be the waterfall guy. Oh, you want yeah. a waterfall guy? Yeah, I've, I've got a guy, right? Yeah, and. Um, and so that's a big part of our business. We're, wow. we're marketing to that group of people, so they spec us in jobs. Um, oh, wow. Architects is another another similar realm. Um, sure, because another. What's that? Well, yeah, sure, because it's probably easy for architects to build it into the room versus maybe yeah. 
putting it in afterwards, right? Right. They can plan for it. They can do electrical. They can, if they want plumbing, they can work with the plumbing. Right. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, then brick and mortar, um, really has been the lifeblood of our business up until about, oh, three, three or four years ago. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the majority of our business was brick and mortar stores. They were 80% of our business and designers and everything else, catalog, everything else was, uh, you know, 20% of our business. Um, uh, and that has just totally flipped. I mean, that's absolutely totally flipped. I mean, the brick and mortar industry in, from our perspective, the furniture world is, is just dying. It is just dying. I mean, yeah, we would go to, we would go to trade shows where we might talk to two or 300 furniture stores. Now at a typical trade show, we might talk to 10. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. Most of so what like, we do is talk to end users or designers. Yeah. So like the, the, um, little mom and pop couch stores or something like that, they're just dying, they're, huh? They're dying. They're, wow. What do you or, think, what do you think, what do you think is going on with that? Like since you've seen them die off like that. It's the internet. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're, wow. if you know, if you're going to go to Google or you're going to go to house or Wayfair and, sure. and you get such a much broader variety Sure. You know, if you go to the mom and pop store, you're going to see that the, the 10 suppliers they've decided to sell, right? Wow. You know, if you go online and you just Google wall art, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to be so inundated. You're not going to know how to make a decision. And so you right. start, you know, refining your, you know, yeah, and, um, and so, and just like with every other industry, the internet mm-hmm. is just changing the way people buy and, yeah. you know, um, and it's and it's and it's lowering the cost to people uh, wow, because yeah. because it's a it's a more competitive market. You know, if if I've got a brick and mortar store on Main Street USA, yeah. I can sell realistically to what a five or ten mile radius or twenty maybe. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, around you know that's my draw. Right. And so there's not going to be fifty furniture stores in that radius because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You go online. And now the world, you can sell to the whole world and there's a million furniture stores. Now yeah. you're competing. And so you're lowering price, you're offering discounts, you're offering specials. Sure. So it's actually decreasing the cost to the end user and providing a more robust you know, option. It yeah. makes a lot of sense. And that's what's happening. And so we have noticed that over the last four or five years, we have gone from you know, 70, 80% brick and mortar and, and larger company sales. And now yeah. that consists for us of maybe you know, less than 20%. I don't have the exact yeah. numbers, but they call it 15% of our, yeah. of our monthly sales are done through the resources that were made up our entire customer base 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Just flipped on its head, huh? Totally flipped. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Did you, did, were you prepared for the internet age when you no. <laughs> Zero. Zero, exactly zero. Oh, I mean, it, it wasn't until 2007. So we had this yeah. long-standing rule: Adagio waterfalls will not be sold online. Wow, will not do it. Holy cow! We, yeah, can you even imagine? Can you even imagine? And mm-hmm. so, up until about 2006, uh, we would not allow it. If somebody put our stuff online, we'd cut them off. We wouldn't sell to them. Holy so, cow! You were that like aggressive, like you. We hey, were well. We were protecting wow. our brick and mortar stores. Holy, we're like, cow. hey. This is, this is our lifeblood. We are going to protect, um, we're going to protect our brick and mortar stores because we don't want, yeah. you know, price undercut. We, and we were just told, yeah. so 
eventually some internet companies that were not furniture stores, but waterfall specific internet sites mm-hmm. who wouldn't really compete in the furniture world. They said, Hey, let's just try it. Let's try it. I said, okay, let's try it. So, so we had some waterfall specific websites that only sold different types of waterfalls, you know, yeah, sure. This type garden, you know, all, and also Adagio. Yeah. And <clears throat> within like a year or two, it was doing really well, really well. Yeah. It changed our opinion entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd have to, because if you're, if you're the one uh, selling it, you got, I mean, now to it's 2020, right? I wouldn't not think of it not being on the internet. Like that's the first place you go. Like Amazon, buy a couch on Amazon or whatever. Yeah. Buy a couch on Amazon, have a show up to your door in two days, three days, wherever you live. Right. If you don't like it, box it up or you don't even have to box it up anymore. I don't think Amazon, you just take the couch. Like I, I bought something off of Amazon and uh, I was like, shoot, I threw the box away. I'm going to have to go to like FedEx and buy a box and return it. Right. That's the thing from me. They're like, okay, yeah. you're an Amazon customer. There you go. It's like yeah. so easy. I, it's I, ridiculous. I call yeah. it the Amazon effect. Like Amazon isn't the cheapest, but if you can go get whatever you need, at a fair price, have it here in two days. And if you need to return it for any reason, you send it back. That's the, that's Amazon. Right. And that's like, that's like the ideal customer service kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And really they have ruined it. I mean, from a, (laughs) from a consumer standpoint, it's great. Yeah, for sure. Amazon, Amazon today is what Costco was 10 or 12 years ago. Where the Costco, when you're a Costco member, it's the best. Yeah. But from a supplier standpoint, it's the worst. Like we oh, yeah. stopped selling to Costco because we couldn't afford to sell to Costco. Yeah, it was oh, just. Yeah. And, and same with Amazon. We we have such a limited, we have such a limited exposure <clears throat> on Amazon because we can't afford. We can't afford to sell on Amazon. It's too risky. There's yeah. so much fraud and there's so much abuse, especially on high ticket items. Wow. That it really? it is. Uh, you know. We, that's, we're actually in the process right now of consolidating our Amazon offerings and yeah. and making sure that it's it's a it's a system that we can play in because yeah, so it's extremely difficult from a supplier standpoint. Yeah. So with so you're with high ticket items, you said there's like a lot of fraud. So like, what do you mean by that? Well, you somebody orders a four thousand dollar waterfall and you deliver sure. it, and they say I never got it. Oh and yeah. They get their money back. Yeah. Holy cow. And Amazon, dude, they don't ask any questions. No questions. No questions. Well, they're like, no. okay, there's your money. And then your, and then your merchant is on the line for that. And merchant accounts, yeah. are, merchant yeah. accounts don't mess around either. No, they don't. They, that's another, <laughs> that's a whole nother world. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, not, it's not just Amazon specific, but it's a whole right. other world. But yeah, I mean, it's, right. um, and, uh, you know, or the other problem with, with our, not just high ticket items, but our product specifically sure. is when we package and, and prepare our product to ship, we package it in such a way that's really, really good at shipping at one time. Yeah. But after that, it's terrible. And yeah. so, you know, if somebody gets, you know, let's say they buy a $5,000 waterfall and they get it and they unpackage it and they're like, I'm sick of this. It's just, that's not what I wanted. They ship it back or, you know, whatever. It comes back destroyed. I mean, it is, oh you know, there's nothing we can use. It's just pulverized. And so, wow. you know, they get their money back and we get screwed. You know, oh my and, gosh. yeah. And so it's, and so it's, it's very risky. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a dangerous game to I've, play the Amazon and the Costco game. is. A di- In fact, Costco has put a, a ton of small to medium sized businesses out of business 
And yeah. Amazon, I would imagine, I haven't heard specifically, but Amazon I'm sure has too because oh, yeah. you're, you're, there's the carrot of all this massive market and this huge sale. Yeah. And then if you, you go to market and you don't do it just right, you yeah. are sunk with the returns or the change of preference or all of this stuff that's so nice for the consumer, but somebody's paying for that. And yeah. it's the supplier. And it's a supplier. Holy cow. You know what? I didn't realize that because, and I guess it's because like, I'm, I'm a pretty straightforward guy. Like if I, if I get something and I don't like it, you know, I might try to return it, but ultimately I'm going to take responsibility for it. But I know there are people out there who would be like, oh, I never got it. Or like, oh, yeah. I saw my, well, we can't, we can't accept credit cards over a certain amount um, at, at the dealership I work at because of that reason, people will just cancel the yeah, yeah. You know, they might put yeah. a down payment on it. Well, you can't make a down payment at our at our dealership with a credit card. Um, oh, really? Because of that reason, because it's like, mm, you give me three grand on a on a credit card, and then three days later you cancel it. I'm out three grand. You have the I'm card, done. and yeah. and I there's no way. I mean, it'd be extremely difficult to get that back. So oh, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You're, you're gone in the wind. You just write that off, but yep. too many times of that and you're done. Right. Yeah. yeah. Man. So, um, so you, so then you sell a little bit on Amazon. What are the kind of like the checkpoints to sell on Amazon for you guys? Like what are the, like, okay, if the, if this kind of order comes in, then we'll sell it. Or, or do you ever like reject an Amazon kind of deal? Um, no, not yet. So we're actually in the process right now of, redoing our entire Amazon strategy. Um, And I'm not, I don't really want to talk about it just yet because uh, some of it we haven't announced to our suppliers and things like that, but but we are acutely aware of the Amazon pros and cons. And and we, and we want to, and we want to, um, what we want to do is turn Amazon into a profitable uh, sales uh, avenue. Right. Right. And, and that doesn't mean shotgun everything on Amazon. It means <laughs> specific products, you know, under specific terms yeah. and marketed in a specific way to set the expectation so that, so that customers, when they get it, aren't shocked. And that's a big problem is I did not expect this. Right. Oh, I didn't know this weight, you know, 400 pounds. Well, you know, it's a marble waterfall. It's going to be heavy. <laughs> So, um, so that, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. but, but Amazon, it really relatively is a fairly small source of revenue for okay. us. It's really not, never been a big, sure. Uh, sure. A big, you know, well, but, but we have good business with other online retailers. Sure. And, yeah. uh, well, I think, I think having an online presence is good anyway, but yeah, I think, I think that that's funny because I've seen that so much with customers, but what's funny is like, so that in the automotive world, they have that JD power, Mm-hmm. Uh, rankings, right? Yeah. Where they rank manufacturers on uh, consumer basis, right? But here's the biggest thing about that, which is what you brought up, is if a customer doesn't know how to work it, they think it's broken. Yes. <laughs> like, no, it's not supposed to do that. Well, it was never designed to do that, right? But they mm-hmm. didn't know that. They thought it was broken. They gave you. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I work, I work at Honda, and Honda is generally like a pretty. Uh, Sturdy car. Oh yeah. You know your opinion on Honda's what? But normally they rank pretty high on the JD Power rankings, but they fall in the last couple of years because because of that because a customer uh, wasn't explained how something worked, or they thought it did something that it didn't, and they just said the car was broken. So I think it's yeah. funny that like people don't realize. Yeah, you bought a waterfall, man. It's going to be a couple hundred pounds, and it's probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's all well. It's all expectations. It's, yeah. it's setting 
appropriate expectations. And then they're easy to match. I mean, if you don't set appropriate expectations and oh, I like that. whatever's normal, you know, doesn't meet their expectations, then it's your fault. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I can think of a story. We sold a big waterfall, one of our largest, it wasn't custom, it was a production yeah. waterfall uh, to a very predominant person in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was sold through a dealer of ours. Mm -hmm. And um, we sold it. It, was, it wasn't super, it was probably about a five or $6,000, you know, uh, waterfall, which is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, they hired a, a, a contractor to install it. And the contract, they run, you know, turn it on and it was really loud and it wasn't working. And uh, so they're talking to our, our dealer who they bought it from. And they're going through basic basic troubleshooting steps, you know, did yeah. you check this, did you twist this, you know, all these, you know, we have a standard, yeah. everything was right. <clears throat> and, uh, and so we get a phone call, it says, you sold us a defective product to this customer in Las Vegas, uh, it doesn't work, you know, you need to send a new one out. And so, well, first of all, yeah, sold thousands of that yeah. product to people all over the world, and they're not defective. There's yeah. two or three tests that you can run, and so, we ran some tests and it still wasn't working. So we thought, okay, maybe they got a bad pump. So we sent them another, you know, $250 pump out. But same thing. Yeah. And so something's not right. Huh. So it just happened to be that this was all going down. Uh, and we had a trade show in Vegas that we were going to go to in like three weeks. Yeah. So we said, look, if they can hold their breath for a few weeks, we're going to be there. The, 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 the main guys, we're going to be there yeah. when we can visit them some evening after the trade show. We'll check it out. So we worked it out. We got there, and uh, you know, people were great. Uh, it's, it's funny. We we walked into the the, the building where it was, and in the, in the entryway, there were like two of our waterfalls in the oh, foyer wow. of this building. Like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and uh, so we go up, and we talk to the people, and um, looked at a few things, and got talking to them. And and this is a big waterfall. It yeah. requires thirty gallons of water. Thirty gallons. Oh wow! <laughs> and they were putting in two gallons of water, two or four. You know? Oh, what? <laughs> and, uh, and we're like, well, why didn't you fill it up to the, to the full? Where, why, where, why didn't you fill it all the way? There's a fill line where it says fill yeah. it up to here. Oh, yeah. we didn't see that line. And we just thought two gallons was enough. And, <laughs> oh, my God. It takes 30 gallons. It's a huge, like two gallons is like nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, that uh, probably doesn't even like. It doesn't even mean. And so we happened to have some water with us. So we went, we brought 30 gallons up, filled it up, pushed the on button. Worked perfect. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, and, so, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's it's sometimes it's about expectations. It's about yeah. In their mind, they might have had a little garden fall or a little oh yeah thing that you know. I just put a cup of water and it works fine. Sure. You know, all waterfalls are that way, or two gallons is cer certainly enough. Yeah. And what they don't realize is, in that particular instance, it was it was just they didn't have enough water. They just did not have enough water. It, it wow. sounds so ridiculous, but we see stuff like that a lot, where yeah. you know people call and hey, it's your fault. And then, so the trick is setting an expectation during yeah. customer service in a kind and a patient way sure, and saying, yeah. look, we're very experienced in this. We're going to stand behind our product, but here's a few things you can do that can probably fix your problem. And, yeah. well, you know, lo and behold, do these few things and, and they the, work. There it is. Yeah. yeah. No, that's nuts. That happens so much. But you know what? Here's the funny thing is that it's, it's, a, it's a pretty common problem, not, even, not with just manufacturing though, right? Or sales, but, but it's a problem. Uh, everywhere. You know, people th like I, I've been doing this for 20 years or whatever. Right. So I assume that if you have come to me, if you've figured out a way to find out what I am and what I do, right. 
then I'm assuming that you've also done the homework on what it takes to maintain the product or what the service is about. Right. But a lot of people don't, right. They kind of just get excited and they're like, "Mm." it's like, yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, and the the other thing is there's just a tendency with, with the way that we do our distribution, our sales and distribution in the U S which is largely manufacturer, importer, or distributor sells to a wholesaler who sells to a dealer who sells to the consumer. There's a lot of times that there's, information lost in that process and you know when when we meet a designer at a trade show who falls in love with our product and then she's like oh I've got a perfect job for it she pitches it in front of the customer the customer likes the idea they buy it it's expensive we ship it then they have a contractor you know I've heard this a thousand times right (laughs) I hired my contractor who's been a contractor for 30 years and he knows everything like well how many waterfalls is he installed well none (laughs) <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Well, like, why, why'd you hire a contractor? Why didn't you just hire a painter or a, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Just hire the guy that, uh, that, you know, your, grooms your dog, you know, at that point it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah, that's um, and there's a lot of misinformation, you know, a lot of people validate, uh, the, the, you know, mm. the functionality or, or based on, based on who they have installed yes. or who they have manage it. Right. And a lot of times they just don't know. And so yeah. it's our job as a manufacturer to as best we can communicate that to everyone. Like, oh like, yeah, absolutely. If you own it, if you work with it, if you fix it, if you install it, if you sell it, yeah, you need to know all these little nuances. And so that's, that's kind of one of the things that we focus on is, is getting that out to the world. Yeah. So how do you, you talked a lot about like setting up expectations, which I think is really important and really, really strong. Uh, how do you do that? Like, do you have a, is that in your sales training? Is that in your customer service training? Or do you like put videos out, like how-to videos or something? Yeah, yeah, well, all of the above. Everything okay. you just mentioned, we've done. Yeah, so we, okay. from from a sales standpoint, when we're selling to our dealer base, yeah. we do sales training with them. Hey, look, oh, here's how you here's how you talk about the waterfalls, and this is how you set the expectations on what customers can expect. Um, but but from a, from a from an end user standpoint. So one of the, one of the things, if you if you look at our reviews online, um, uh, you know one of the biggest negatives that we have is the installation process. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of built the waterfalls with the assumption that most people that buy our waterfalls are going to have somebody install it for. Sure. But, okay. But what we've discovered is that a lot of people do try to do it themselves. You know, hey, I can do this. How, how oh, I sure. need a drill and a level, and I'll figure it out. God. And, um, and that's fine. And under normal circumstances, that's okay. Sure. Um, but we kind of wrote our, our instructions and our videos catered to the contractor minded person. Okay. And so yeah. you do it yourself or who's just kind of aggressive, they might skip some steps or might not understand a few okay. things. So one of the things we've recently done, in fact, we just, we just launched this week, um, is we contracted with a company called built uh, B I L T and it's a, it's an online app. Okay. And what they do is they, they, uh, they do a digital, uh, a totally digital rendering of the product and the installation. Wow. And, and so whereas before we were doing text yeah. and photographs and like YouTube videos kind of showing, Oh, this is yeah. how you do it. Feed it, you know, whatever. Right. Now we have this whole digital rendering of every nuanced step of the installation and it just clarifies things. I mean, there's wow. you know, a picture of words, a video is a billion words and, yeah. um, and it's, it's just so much more clear. So we're super excited, you know, 
in, in kind of this continual improvement of the business, yeah. this was one of the things that we just lacked. It's been, it's been one of our weaknesses for a lot of years. And so we're hoping that with this kind of innovation, um, we will overcome some of those hardships, clarify a lot of things, confusing things that were yeah. previous in our installation instructions, and just make the overall experience better. That's the so, whole goal is yeah. Florida ceiling, a positive experience for our customers. Wow. So I think that's amazing. So it's an app with a digital rendering of how to install it. So how did they come up with that? Like, so tell me, like, I'm trying to picture it in my head. Like, so what, what does that look like? Um, yeah, it's, it, you gotta, you gotta check it out. I mean, you can okay. just go download the app and okay. there are, um, there are a ton of manufacturers on every, everything, you know, Lifetime, which is a Utah company. They're, yeah. they're on there. Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't think of all of them. There's just do- dozens. So basically dozens. what it did was it took the instruction manual, manual, digitized it with like videos and, frequently asked questions and like, yeah, wow, yeah, it's, it's everything. awesome. Everything. Wow. And so what, what we've done over the last six weeks or so is they kind of put it together. They send it to us. And we don't oh, know this is wrong. Do this, change this. So sure. anyway, we've refined it so that it's kind of our stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. And that actually just went live this week. And so mm-hmm. we're starting with the, with the, um, like the, uh, the, the, the marketing standpoint of it, you know, mm-hmm. you know communicating it to the customer. We're going to have a, a QR code that, you know, instead wow. of getting written instructions, now you're just yeah. going to get a sticker with a QR code. You Holy scan God. it. It prompts <laughs> you to download the app and, and, and then boom. And it's a step-by-step instruction. Step one, you know, screw this that in. Is... Step two, feed this down, you know. Wow. That's amazing. Holy crap. Cause see that the last thing, um, you know, cause I don't want to take all, all your time, but I just think that's crazy because a lot of people now are doing it by themselves. Like they are. I, I even had, so I work at a dealership and we had a, I even had one guy take it to the extreme where he had to put, he bought a towing package. And if you buy a towing pack, if you buy this certain car and you want it to tow this much, you have to put a cooler on the transmission. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And so he comes up to me as the sales manager and he goes, I want to buy the towing package. And he's like, uh, I just want the, he goes, I just want the parts. And I'm like, what do you mean? You just want the parts. He's like, well, I'm just going to put in this transmission cooler by myself. And I was like, Oh man. Uh, you know, cause you have to take, I mean, you have to hike that car up and almost take that transmission out to hook this cooler up. I mean, you have to do, it's extremely complicated. You, you have to have certain equipment, but yeah, I just can't believe that some people just like, Oh, transmission cooler. Ah, I'll put it in myself. Like, yeah. What? Holy cow. <laughs> so yeah, that's, a, that's, a lot. that's a lot. Yeah. Thousand four hundred pound waterfall, six hundred pound waterfall, thirty gallons yeah. of water. I'll do it myself. I'll do it, I'll figure it out. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, if you if you can do it, kudos, man. But I think that app is I gotta tell some people about that app because I think that's an amazing idea. Because instruction manuals, I honestly, and it might they're, be because I'm a dude, I don't look at it, man. No, they're terrible. And and yeah, even and the best ones, and ours were good. <laughs> like full color. It looked like you got a magazine. I mean, high oh, wow. quality print, detailed yeah. written instructions, step by step. It was still deficient. Oh, we wow. still had problems. Yeah. And so we're yeah, we're excited to see kind of what this um Yeah. You know, what this will do for our for our customer experience. Jeez, why well, you gotta let me know about that. So like what um I, I guess to to like let you go and wrap up, but tell me like one of the things that like the most valuable lesson you learned and if there's someone out there in like a similar position you were 20 years ago, like what advice would you give them? Like, what do we do? Um, Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a standard answers work hard. Uh, you know, um, 
Yes. You, you got to show up. You, you right. got to be there. Um, but I'll be honest, the, it's, it's been, so, you know, I've been at this since 03. So that's, you know, what, 17 years. Right. It boggles my mind how instrumental tiny minuscule decisions were and how minuscule big massive decisions were right oh, like i when i look back and i i can see like on a whim shooting from the hip totally unexpected i made some snapshot decision oh let's just try this yeah that turned into an entire part of our business wow. that was like it, it, we wouldn't be here if that if we had not done that right and then huge multi-million dollar contracts and deals and sign here and do wow. this lawyers involved lawsuits I'm at the sure. end of the day they just fizzled away and we're, we're nothing you know um and so i would say watch your small decisions because you, you never know how incredibly instrumental they can be in the future you know they can turn into big big things well yeah, just like you you're like all right i guess i'll buy this company and now you're here yeah you yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's kind of how it was. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Well, Hey, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you being on. And if you, you know, and if you, I'll let everybody know this app that, and to check you guys out and, uh, yeah. but, but thanks for so much for coming on, man. And I appreciate your time. And, uh, other than that, we'll, we'll sign off and, uh, gosh, thank you for being here. No problem. Hey, how can I, how can I listen to your uh, podcast? So you can listen to it um, anywhere. So um, you can listen to it. So this episode will be up probably in about two weeks um, because I send the send this recording to my buddy and then his turnaround time. He, it's his full-time job. But um, you can listen to it on Apple, Spotify. Um, I publish it on Anchor. But what I will do for, for you is I'll send you, uh, what I, like what I did for Rich, I'll send you the recording. So what I have a lot of my, and, and the video, when I get the video up, because what I have a lot of customers do, or not customers, sorry, people who come on my podcast, I'll give them the recording and the video, and then you can use it for whatever you want. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So you, like, I have one guy who put it up on his website, yeah. um, or, or one guy who took the audio and turned it into a blog of like okay. his stories and how stuff worked, or, or whatever, you whatever you want. And it's, and it's free. You don't have, I mean, Sweet. I don't do anything with for that so yeah man thank you so much though no problem i look forward to it yes sir bye okay bye